Welcome to Quick Tech Talk, hosted by Michael Anderson and Daniel Sloan. Hey folks, welcome to the Quick Tech Talk. Today we are joined by my co-host Daniel Sloan and our guest, Graham Fell, who is the Executive Vice President of FlexDev. And today we will discuss the importance of diversity and inclusion and how building diverse teams can accelerate digital transformation. Graham, Daniel, thank you both for joining us today. As always, a pleasure. And good afternoon to you. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. Excellent, Graham. We're glad to have you on the show. Um, you know, a lot of people uh, have different opinions and ideas of what, uh, you know, mm -hmm. diversity and inclusion is. Why don't you give us a quick intro to, to what we're going to talk about today? Okay, so I think, first of all, the, the, the terminology diversity and inclusion that comes under digital transformation, which is a really overused word. It's very complex and not very many people know what it means. Um, you can ask 15 CIOs or 20 CIOs what digital transformation means, and you will get 15 to 20 different answers. The, the, the fact is it means something, it means something different to every person that is on that journey. Um, generally it looks at optimizing operations, um, it looks at marketing, sales operations, transforming products and, and services, reevaluating partnerships, which is not necessarily technical, and IT modernization, a real move of legacy applications to the cloud, for example, which would be really technical. But there's other dimensions uh, that are not, not so technical, and diversity and inclusion comes into that. What that really means is that the companies know that by creating a diverse and inclusive culture, they can outsmart their competition and increase their revenue. By 2021, 80% of companies mid to large size in the US and the, and the UK and the world will change their culture as a way to accelerate digital transformation. And that really means that they need to embrace diversity and inclusion which is all about building a platform or an environment where diverse people, um, so when we talk about that um, immediately, you, you can think of racially di racial diversity, religious diversity, age diversity, sex, gender, disability. Um, there's other diverse um, uh, uh, traits as well that we don't necessarily think of, which are uh, something that companies miss off, such as cognitive diversity. So this is all about learning styles, it's about person, personality styles, perspectives, backgrounds um, at the cognitive level. So for some employers, this includes recruiting employees with autism or Down syndrome. And um, right. the, 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 the problem is we are biased consciously or subconsciously. We are neurologically hardwired to judge people and that happens too much in companies and diversity and inclusion is, is all about breaking down and changing that thought pattern to make people more accepting of these people with these traits and what actually happens is it's proven many times over that if you can do that which is very a very difficult thing to do um, you will get more performance from these people you will get more commitment because their voice is being heard and they will both give more effort and more energy and more passion and because you have a mix of diverse people in that team 
at the front end that have responsibility and accountability that reflect these diverse uh, traits, you will outsmart your competition. Um, and that's really interesting. It's a really, really interesting number. There's loads of statistics and loads of research to back it up. Um, uh, you can just do research on the internet, but um, um, a really interesting statistic is that um, if we look at 2022, 75% of these organizations with frontline decision-making teams that reflect diverse and in, in inclusive, inclusive culture will exceed their financial targets, wow. which is quite incredible if you think about it. Yeah. I, I know you had a couple slides you wanted to show. Did you want to do that now? Let's jump up the uh, slides and um, have a look at them. Excellent. And I would like to give an example of what I'm actually talking about. That's great. I love visuals. So if we look at Microsoft as an example that embarked on a big transformational program, uh, they had four pillars or four dimensions that, that they looked at. Um, so th these press clippings from 2012 to 2014 reflect what was going on in the business. The culture was broken. It was very cl clinical. If you've ever worked at Microsoft before they went through their cultural change and their transformational change, you will really recognize these <laughs> or um, understand what these articles are referring to because it absolutely was like that. And the point of takeover from 2014 when Satya as took over as CEO from Microsoft came in and actually said something really interesting. He said, Microsoft's doing great. The revenues are great, but it has no soul in the company. And mm. if you look what's going on inside the company, it reflects outside of the company. So if you just look at the press they were getting, if we flip on to slide, the next slide. So he embarked on transforming the business and he looked at three areas, empowering employees, optimizing operations, engaging customers and partners, and transforming their products. From that point of interaction, bearing in mind it takes a long time for these programs and, and initiatives to kick in, look at what's happening outside. What's happening inside reflects what's happening outside. Or it's, you can visualize what's happening outside. You can see what's going on in, in, inside. So the, they're getting very positive press as they go through their journey. This is due to redefining their partner ecosystem, partnering with competitors, becoming an open source company. They were a closed source company before. They bought GitHub, which is yeah. a big open source company, which is weird. You're like, why would they do that? They're a closed <laughs> source company, right? It's weird. Um, and then forming relationships with, with companies that directly compete with them, with Amazon, with Oracle, with PlayStation, with Xbox, and changing their culture to such an extent that they, they measure their employees on how much empathy they have to people with diverse traits, money talks. So they're bonused on um, how much empathy they have with their coworkers. And wow. that's really interesting because if they're bonused on it, it means at the end of the day, they're gonna be getting their money um, based on how much empathy they've, they've shown to these diverse people. So they're forced 
into changing their behavior, which is a really difficult thing to do. And if we go to the third slide, what you'll see, which is really interesting. Graham, um, I, I have a quick question. I'm interested. Sure. Do they do they communicate how they measure empathy? That's really that's a really interesting metric to to um, manage and have as a review metric. I'm not sure how they did it. I'm not sure how they do it. I know they have uh, regular one-on-ones, hmm. um, and um, they have a special terminology for it, and I can't remember what it is. But how they actually measure empathy, I'm not quite sure. But they definitely do, and other things. Uh, hmm. That's just one example of it. I mean, they have buddy-buddy systems working with yeah. people that have the, one of the, the diverse traits that we've talked about, or all of those diverse <laughs> traits that we've talked about. It doesn't yeah. really matter as long as they can do the job. What's interesting is from the point of interception when the CEO took over, look what happened to the stock price. So again, what's happening inside reflects outside. But here we see what's happening with the stock. It quadrupled. So when he took That's over and he went crazy. on this transformational journey of looking, empowering employees, optimizing operations, sales, IT systems, marketing, changing to database um, driven decisions, looking at their partners. Are they at the right fit for Microsoft? Are they, are they the right profile? Um, and transforming their products from open source, sorry, closed source to open source was revolutionary. But the biggest factor of all was the cultural shift. And that's staggering if you see what happened from a share perspective. It quadrupled after their transformational project. And I think it's really interesting to see that um, changing your culture internally Bearing in mind, if you re rewind to 2012, they were getting really bad press. They were doing well as a company. Who doesn't know Microsoft? You know, it's, it's, but they had a terrible culture and a terrible reputation. He's flipped that on its head and it reflects in the stock, which ultimately is what it's all about in a business. And you could question, okay, but these companies are impl implementing uh, these strategies to say that they actually care for us. Do they really mean it? Is it real? Is it genuine? The answer is it's very difficult to, to, to tell if it's genuine or not. It's a business at the end of the day and they have to make revenue. But at the same time, it's not a bad thing because if you spend most of your lifetime at work in the workplace and you're surrounded by a culture that's accepting, that's more tolerant, that is more willing to be patient with people, that previously would just not treat in in a certain way that will rub off with you and over time you will change your behaviors and from a outside of work perspective that's interesting because that will trickle down into your daily life so it can only be a good thing right yes they're interested in let's not be stupid of course they're interested in revenue that's why 80 percent of the companies are doing it because they want to outsmart their competition it's a business but I don't see it as a bad thing because if you have more empathy and you're more accepting to people, whether you, you're, you're forced to do it or not, over time, it will become second nature and you will do it without thinking. So conscious and unconscious um, yeah. bias. That's, I, I love that. And I love the success that Microsoft has seen from that. And I know, you, Graham, you mentioned a couple of things like measuring diversity and inclusion, measuring empathy and that. Uh, being tied to incentives at the end of the year. 
Um, what are some other specific changes that you've seen in industry um, that have it within a company's culture that create improved performance and positive social impact? There's several ways that you can change um, the behavior um, of people. I mean, we're going down the behavioral route. I'm talking about behavior, but there's another way that you can change um, behavior of people to get the desired outcome, which comes from technology choice. So at the CIO office, if, 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 if they make smart technology choices and adopt and embrace certain methodologies, you can shape the required outcome. And at the enterprise architect le level layer, uh, business analysts that write the business processes can write those processes with the traits in mind. So therefore IT can shape the way that people behave as well. So what we'll see in the next few years is that IT CIOs will become as important as HR officers are today in businesses. Wow. That is very interesting. Huh? Yeah. And obviously when you talk about change, um, human beings are, are designed and to be resistant to change, right? That's why it's so hard to break bad habits and, mm. and you know, you need to do something. So I'm curious, what, what are the biggest challenges that are you seeing in, in actually trying to get a company to shift their culture towards, you know, greater awareness to diversity and inclusion? What, what, what is that? What is that stumbling block that keep growing? You, know, you hit the them. nail on the head. It, it's nobody likes change. And we're tackling some very sensitive subjects that people are neurologically hardwired to not like by default, right? Yeah. But it's time to, 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 to start learning to be more accepting. Um, but it's very difficult. The most difficult thing to do on a digital transformational journey is the cultural piece changing the culture from a technology perspective it's quite simple it's quite straightforward you can easily put everything on the cloud modernize uh shift apps um change your it systems uh and and, and generally do an overhaul and modernize from an infra infrastructure perspective and from a services perspective from a people perspective and changing the way that they behaved for 25 30 years in a big blue chip corporation is very, very tough. And that is the biggest challenge that companies face. Oh, I, I can validate that. I mean, I, I started off at Intel 20 years ago and it was, it was ruthless. It was a ruthless, terrifying experience. <laughs> uh, they've changed now, thank God. But I was just completely, I mean, their strapline was only the paranoid survive. And I was quite young and I was like coming out of work and I was like, I need the paranoid survive, I need the paranoid survive. So it has an impact on your daily life because you, if you surround yourself by those traits, you actually start acting like that consciously or subconsciously if you're outside the office or not. And we used to, they used to run these courses called constructive confrontation, which means that how do you constructively argue with someone or resolve an issue and outside of work I was like this is great it absolutely works and I was brainwashed and I was with my friends and I was like having arguments and I was like calling meetings saying look we need a constructive confrontation com uh, discussion to understand why you didn't give me the money back so you're influenced and yeah. molded 
by, I mean, I was young, right, 20 years ago, but it still has an impact to this day. Like if you spend most of your life in that environment, you will consciously or subconsciously pick up those habits. And this, if you get this piece right, which is very difficult to do, and you create and lead by example, like Microsoft, I picked them out, especially because I think they did a really good job, um, which reflects in their stock market, which reflects in the fact they've just knocked Amazon off the top spot for the cloud, which three years ago was impossible. I know, right? That's it's because they have, it's a huge shift and it's because they're all working towards a common goal made up with diverse people at the front end making decisions and they absolutely got it right there's other big companies which i won't mention that absolutely are getting it wrong it needs to come from the top down it can't go any other way it's like trying to push sand up a hill or get toothpaste back into the tube which i've never tried to do but i can imagine it's quite tough yeah i can imagine right it's got to come from the top down and you know that's that's the way you you do it but you need a very sophisticated plan of action and you can do a culture hack if you don't know where to start and get some quick wins in the business to prove the value and then start growing that out and, and rolling it out across the business and get some real key sponsors and stakeholders that drive change change agents i think is the word i'm looking for Grim, I'm I'm curious. You talk about making that shift, right? There's a lot of resistance to change and it has to be top down. But let's just assume a company is able to successfully do that. Um, could you share some of the, the, the facts and findings about the impact of these improved DNI um, initiatives? Uh, we've talked about Microsoft and how they've quadrupled in, in market size. What else are you seeing in the industry? It's 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 quite early uh, early on um it, uh, to actually know what the outcome is from their journeys because quite a lot of companies are still in the midst of that transformational change uh and if it's derailing you're not really going to hear about it that often it's going to be quite quite undercover i yeah. think in the next two years we'll have a lot of case studies of more success when we can actually give examples um we're talking about really big companies here. We're not talking about a startup with five people, which e it's right. easy to do because you can start off with the right culture. Right. But we're talking about institutions that have people that have been there since they left school and it's for, they've been there 40 years. How can you change these people? It's very difficult. But um, in answer to the question, um, we will see, I think, soon uh, how well those programs are going. They're in the midst of this transformational change. Um, by 2022, I think we'll see who made it and who didn't in a bit more detail. That's, that's interesting. You know, you're talking about companies that are kind of going through this process and, you know, we see a lot of lip service to that, right? Of, hey, we're a diverse and inclusive business and we're doing this and doing that, but, you know, what are, what are the actions that a company actually needs to take and, and what do they need to do from a plan to actually create that long-term uh, change and, and start seeing the results? Because, I mean, when you show me what Microsoft did, I mean, the, mm -hmm. the facts are there. But it's kind of hard to argue with those numbers when you see that stock in that graph going 
you know, to the moon, I would think companies would not want to be, provide the lip service. They would actually want to put a plan and do it to try to model that success. What, what do they need to do? I think they need to be realistic and actually not, like you say, um, just tick a box and say that they've done it. There's a lot of companies that are doing that that are saying, okay, we have the uh, colored person, we have the disabled person, we have the deaf person, we have the uh, same-sex uh, marriage person, we have, we've done it. We've done diversity and inclusion. And that is the biggest issue because they're missing the point. Right. Um, right. And they do that. A lot of companies do that. They have token people where they think they've done it. It's a deep-rooted, uh, complex, long-term thing to change and to jumpstart that kind of when companies do hackathons you can do a culture hack so you get movers and shakers and key people that are drivers change agents um, and prove quick wins to the business and showcase that as an example okay. and start rolling it out that way is the way that you would address it well, what about um, what about the digital transformation piece you're talking about actually putting you know, softwares and you're, you know, you're saying, hey, the CIO is going to be just as important as HR. You know, anytime you can take a systematic approach to doing something right, it makes it a lot easier to actually measure that. So if you can just go a little bit into how the digital transformation piece, how technology is actually enabling companies to, to actually measure and, and, and sustain that, that change. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 not enough to make enough change in the behavior, of course. But lots of CIOs have realized that the culture can be an accelerator of digital transformation. Mm -hmm. um, and in addition to that, from a technology perspective, um, if we go down to the enterprise architects um, that adopt principles that align to the cultural traits um and when the business analysts design those processes they can create the traits with the intended outcome in mind which means that it supports the way in which an organization behaves in conjunction with with hr and that's when you'll see that the it will start partnering up and implementing programs to monitor and manage and measure with hr in conjunction with hr there will be the shift where they become as important as HR because they control the outcome or they're in very influential in the outcome from a behavioral perspective. But it's not enough. You need to change the attitude and to have the soft skills and have the empathy from humans, right? <laughs> um, which will take it to, to the other level, both the, from a technical perspective and from a soft skill, skill perspective combined is how you will really shape the culture. It's a real strategic discussion, um, yeah. but as we all know, culture eats strategy for breakfast. Uh, and that's very true. It's absolutely true. doesn't matter how good your strategy is if you don't have the cultural uh, priorities in place you will fail and it's quite important to say that it's so important that companies that don't do it will be left behind you need to define your organization's culture before it defines and derails you so if your organization isn't taking the steps to co-define and force the culture that you want you may end up with exactly the culture 
that you don't want and therefore risk business failure. Yeah. You, you rise and fall in the culture you build, right? And, Absolutely. and we can see Microsoft is, is rising based upon that and, and others are falling by the wayside. Um, I, I love that mm -hmm. quote, uh, culture eats strategy for breakfast. I think that could be on a plaque in, mm -hmm. in many offices as a great reminder of what really matters at the end of the day and why people show up and what makes people you, enjoy coming to work. But you know what? If you rewind 20 years, you see all these mission statements on the walls, like empowering the employees and all of these things, but they mean nothing. Mm -hmm. They mean, well, they meant Hang nothing. in there with the cat. They, <laughs> but they they meant nothing but now they have to mean something yeah right they have to live and breathe it because you know it's what's your company mission statement you can read it and it doesn't actually reflect how they are yeah you can talk to um, them but you have to walk the walk right you have to walk the walk absolutely yeah um so that's really for me that's really from coming from a technology company and we embrace absolutely diversity and inclusion because it's really important we know the importance of it we talk about it a lot we write about it it's so interesting from a psychological perspective how people are and we know if you if you've managed people before you know it's a nightmare like right? generally people management stuff if you ask them to change it's really tough and i think that will be the biggest challenge for any company on their digital transformational journey because any successful successful digital transformational journey has to be accompanied by a cultural shift and a cultural change. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's a change and a battle worth fighting and taking on. Thank and you, so. Graham, I, I love your perspective. You're making the world a more diverse and inclusive place, one company at a time. Um, so it helps me sleep at night that there are people like you out there in the world uh, fighting the good fight. Um, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your perspective. I know our audience will find uh, very interesting. We've been able to connect with a lot of like-minded people who, who see the importance of diversity and inclusion and um, closing gender gaps and things like that. So um, absolutely, yeah. more conversation and I think, with you and Daniel along the way. And sure. uh, I, I mean, sorry, I, I was just going to say, I've, I've highlighted a few, but there's so many diverse traits that I haven't even mentioned. I mentioned cognitive diversity or people with autism. That's very prevalent in software development. Mm -hmm. And we, we, I work for a software company and you, you see people with those traits. And for me, a few years ago, it was, I, I struggled with it, you know? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Subconsciously, subconsciously, but now, it, now I know um, what it is. I'm more accepting. Yep. So I don't think anything of it now. It's just completely normal, oh. whatever normal is. Very cool. For me. Yeah, I appreciate you being vulnerable, right? It's it's a, a process. And even you can be a diversity and inclusion expert and you're still learning and growing and, and working on it and getting better. No one's really ever arrived. So I, I appreciate think, your honesty. I think, yeah, I think if people absolutely. say that they're not, they're not biased about anything, they're completely lying. Yes. <laughs> or they're in denial because everybody has that trait. It's yep. neurologically embedded in us. I know. To, it's crazy. Yep. How well, that's, that's where you have a choice, right? You choose to say, yep, I, I recognize that this is, you know, how I think, but I don't accept that. And then that's over right. time, you, you rewire that. 
So I, you know, you were just talking about that. You, you rewired yourself and now you don't even think that you had that bias before, but you, you accepted it and said, I don't want to be this way. And then, and then that created the change, but that's the thing, getting people to want to change. That's, that's, that's what you can't do. Well, I don't, and I don't think it's going to come from governments, right? It's, there's, there's, there's generally, it's, it's, so it's, companies have a really big responsibility because they can change how people act daily outside of their lives. People aren't born, born racist. They learn to be racist, I think. Yeah. And anything you can learn, you can unlearn. Well Agreed. said. Well said. Well, Graham, Daniel, I thank you guys both so much for, for joining the show. I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation and I look forward to the next one. Excellent. Sure. Thanks, Graham. Thank you very much. Thanks, Michael. Thank you. Have a good one, guys. Take care. Thank you for streaming this episode of Quick Tech Talk with Michael Anderson and Daniel Sloan.